Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to worship. Uh, we're joined again by friends and family from all across the country and around the world, and you are all very welcome. Special welcome to Anto this morning because we're into hurricane season now in the Bahamas. Although, Anto, I'm not too sure we're not into hurricane season as well uh, here in Scotland, given the weather overnight, so we, we, we feel a little bit of your pain. You are all very welcome wherever you are. This morning, our worship centres around communion and will be led by our minister, Katrina, and by our musical director, Paul. We'll be singing along with recordings of ourselves again, and among the musicians, as well as Paul, uh, you've already heard Yang Yang on violin, and we'll hear Neil on trumpet. Then immediately after this service, we'll have a 15-minute break for refreshments, and then we'll go straight into our church meeting. Uh, this is to deal with a single item of business relating to our development project. And as always, everyone is very welcome to attend this meeting and to participate in it, although only members can vote. Uh, I think probably it'll last around 30 minutes at the most, so you'll still be in time for lunch. Then at 7pm this evening, the Baptist Union of Scotland will be hosting their next live prayer stream on Facebook Live. As always, it's facebook.com forward slash Scottish Baptist forward slash live. If you didn't get an email from me this week with the copy of the July key, just drop me an email or give me a phone and I'll send you a copy. Um, then we had two bits of lovely family news this week. Um, the first is from Antoinette uh, to let us know that Spencer has completed his LLB at the University of the West Indies in Barbados. Uh, we want to say congratulations, Spence, that's wonderful. And it's kind of lovely to think of Bethany graduating in Glasgow at exactly the same time that Spence is graduating in Barbados. So they've come up through Sunday school and youth group together and they're still together as they move through their education and into adulthood. And then also I had a lovely email from Stephen and Victoria Sen uh, this week. Uh, you'll remember they worshipped with us for several years uh, when Stephen was working at university and before they moved to Luxembourg. Well, they're now back in Scotland, living in Edinburgh, and they've asked me to pass on their greetings to everyone at Hillhead. Uh, you may remember that Stephen is a statistician, and in recent years, a lot of his work has involved planning uh, clinical trials and drug development programmes, so I'm guessing he is pretty busy right now. Next Sunday morning, we will gather again for worship at 11 a.m. But in the meantime, if you need help with essential shopping or picking up prescriptions, just let me know. These are all our notices. Thank you, Anne. And we have a few more visitors just coming in uh, whilst you were doing the announcements, which is lovely. We, we have a panda on board this morning. So welcome, panda. The service will basically run without announcements. Um, it's a quiet, reflective communion service, as Anne has said, and it's been a real joy and privilege to prepare that with Paul. If you happen to have listened to Radio 4 this morning, I'd just like to point out that we thought of it first, or at least we thought of it independently. Uh, so whether that's the Holy Spirit or whether that's just them copying us, who knows. But for our call to worship this morning, I'm going to read a hymn written by John Bell of the Iona community. 
This is the day of rest to use as God intended. Time to renew our faith and let our lives be mended. Time to fulfil our song and time to rediscover those to whom we belong and God who is our lover. Here is the feast of life to which we are invited. Here Jesus offers food through which we are united. Food for a company redeemed by blood and water. Food through which God declares, You are my son. You are my daughter. This is the time of change delivered by God's spirit. Moving to life and health, those claiming little merit. Change with what God's love demands to prove that faith is living. Change which must overflow in justice and forgiving. Glory to God on high, to Christ and to the Spirit. Glory to God on earth, whose image we inherit. Glory to God alone, our sacrament and story in whom we live and move till lifted into glory. So we come to God in prayer and in good hillhead fashion, after I've led us in a relatively short prayer, you're invited to say and pray the Lord's Prayer in the language and form which is the most natural for you as we join our voices with Christians in other times and other places. So let us pray together. God of the upper room. God of the living room, kitchen, bedroom and office. Once again, we thank you for the technology that allows us to gather with one another. Once again, we enter the mystery of communion, of connectedness and community that is possible.
God of Gethsemane, God of the sick room, the prison cell, the waiting room, the empty room. We pause to call to mind those denied the opportunity for human contact in any form and whatever its cause. We pray that your love and peace, which know no bounds, might in some measure comfort and refresh them. God of the Emmaus Road, God of journeys, of questions, of fear and doubt, we thank you that you are with us in every moment of every day. We pray that as we journey on, we may find in you the answers, the hope and the joy we seek. God of this place and of all places. God of this time and of all times. Hear our prayers and help us to live their outworking day by day until all is renewed in your eternal shalom. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Psalms. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
Last Supper. You all know what that means. It was the last meal that Jesus shared with his friends just a few hours before his arrest, trial and execution. Jesus may have known it was the Last Supper, but I would lay odds that his friends did not. It was only afterwards that it became significant. Only some time later that they recalled the words he spoke and began to understand why they were important. And I think very often for us, that's true. It's only afterwards when we look back that we can decide what's really important and, and what isn't. And there's no right or wrong about that. It's as individual as we are. Sometimes endings, ending celebrations, ending meals, ending parties, whatever, are carefully planned. And they can be times of great joy, often mingled with a bit of sadness. But more often, lasts come on us unexpected. It's only later that we realise that was the last time we spoke to that person before they died. That was the last opportunity we had to go to that place to do that thing. And sometimes that's tinged with regret. And sometimes it comes very beautiful, if poignant and maybe bittersweet. As I was thinking about what to share this morning, I realised that what I've gone with is possibly quite self-indulgent. But it's a couple of lasts that have, for me, come to be significant. We are over 100 days into lockdown. The BBC decided to make a big jamboree about that and, and what have you. But it's well over 100 days now since anybody who lives on their own has shared a table with another human being. And I'm not going to pretend it's in the cake. When it, that day 100, when that happened, I, I had a bad day. I felt very lonely. I felt very isolated. But that gave me an insight into the world of other people. There are so many people who never get to share a table with somebody else, who never get a phone call, who never feel part of a community. So, yep, I felt bad. It wasn't a great day. And without being Pollyanna-ish, it was the day through which I learned. But I'd like to share with you two lasts. The first last <laughs> that I want to talk about was just before lockdown. It was a Friday evening. And as has been my custom and joy at this last couple of years, I had a group of folk from Hillhead around my table. And we were different ages, different ethnicities, different marital statuses. And it was a very precious evening. As people arrived at the door, we went and did the, like, go and wash your hands. Here's your own personal towel. Don't let anybody else touch it. Chuck it in the bath afterwards so that I can just get it afterwards with my rubber gloves and wash it. But we were still able to gather around the table and we had a nice roast dinner and we had a great conversation. And I guess to be kind in you, it was the last for a time. But I don't think I appreciated then that it would come to be quite significant. So one of the things I am looking forward to in the great beyond, which will be some time off, will be being able to meet together again with church folk 
around the table. At the moment, I think I could have one person at my table because I've got a very long table. And if you've seen that scene in Shrek where he's at one end and Princess Fiona's at the other, that's what it would be like at the moment if you came for dinner at my house. So I'd rather wait until we can do it really well and be together and laugh and have fun. So that's one of my lasts. And then there's my visual aid. Um, I have ah, a strawberry tart and I have a teacup. Four years ago, in June, I took a train down to Northampton. My mum had recently moved into a care home in a place called Earthling Borough, which is about 20 miles away from there. And I'd gone down to clear her flat, pack everything up, give most of it away, choose which bits to keep to remember her. And I knew that was the last. I knew that until the time that she died and I went back to bury her ashes, I wouldn't go to Northampton again. I had no reason ever to go there. So over those days, I took time to go and visit places that had mattered to me. Some of them weren't there. Most of the schools I went to had been demolished and rebuilt. Lots had changed. There had been houses built on the places I used to walk. But on the last day, I went into Debenham's Cafe for lunch. This was my last meal before I left. And I had a jacket potato and I had a strawberry tart and I had a cup of tea. And somehow in that moment, I knew this was a last supper. This was a special moment. And from that, I wrote something which I'm fairly sure I shared in an evening service that year. It has subsequently been published and I share it with you now. Whenever you do this, remember me. In broken bread and poured out wine, four pots of tea and strawberry flans. Take a moment to pause. Deliberately call to mind this moment and what it meant. Live the memory. Relive the memory. Remember the meaning. Remember the meaning. Because every time you do, you restore the moment. Renew the promise. Recreate the meaning. Until the day when all things are made anew in God's kingdom of Shalom.
and start by doing a bit of amateur screen sharing with you. I'm the one in the stripy Celtic strip. This is 1969 in Aberdeen. This is what happens when you ask your Auntie Dorothy for a football strip for your Christmas and you don't tell her that it needs to be an Aberdeen strip. And she, being an innocent, gets your Glasgow Celtic strip for your Christmas. Uh, we don't always get what we want. But it also happens when you love your Auntie Dorothy so much that even though your mum is keen to get it changed at the shop, you insist on wearing it, <laughs> um, even though it gets you a wee bit of hassle. In fact, I was once kicked in the bum by Bobby Clark because of wearing this strip. But that's a long story. Um, I'd totally forgotten about this strip until I came across that photograph a couple of weeks ago. And <laughs> it gave me a wee spooky moment because I ended up spending most of my adult life uh, living and working in the shadow of Celtic Park, even being recently involved with lots of the good work that that club actually does in the community. Uh, life can be surprising, uh, something that we're all very aware of at the moment. Here, you in your small corner and I in mine too. Um, I'm very much missing accompanying your singing and missing fermenting the choir with pointless tinkering to the music. Uh, mainly just missing singing along with you all. And the sci this science, as it is now, is pretty suspicious of singing together and it looks like it'll be a long time before we can really sing together in a way that we remember and recognise. Meanwhile, to keep us going, we've had some fantastic inputs from Rico, Leo and Ailey, from Freya and Sarah, from Holly and George, and we're going to hear from uh, Lena and George towards the end of the service. I'm really looking forward to hearing that too. But we've also had our recordings, which you've been hearing some of this morning. Uh, I think we're all huge debt of gratitude to Paul Harris for uh, not only selecting, uh, picking these out of all the different dates going back over the last 10 years, but of course, actually making this wonderful rich resource uh, in the first place uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, he didn't know it was going to be useful in a time of pandemic, I'm guessing. Um, like me, you may have been a bit self-conscious at week one of singing along, but um, I'm finding myself over the weeks uh, starting to give the singing a wee bit of oomph and beginning to get back that feeling that's such the great thing about singing as Brian Eno says, it's you stop being me and start becoming us. Uh, and as I look around your wee boxes and try and read the body language, I think I see people beginning to give it a bit of welly. Um, people having to talk about closing the windows or in case the neighbours are disturbed, but hey, 
why not leave the window open as long as you're a good three meters away from it and that be the thing. Whenever we sing together and worship together, and especially when we maybe break bread together, we're reminded that we're part of a bigger thing. We're kind of pointed towards the whole community, towards other parts of the world where uh, services will be using similar words. Um, we think of people who have gone before us who've sung this, um, people who are no longer with us for whatever reason. Uh, and we get that from singing along to recordings. And it's great, again, to thank Paul that it's such a recognisably hillhead sound and we can kind of be part of, and hear voices even, recognise people um, and know that we're singing along. Just this we added twist, I think, with uh, singing along with our recordings, is that we're singing along with our past selves too, for most of us, that we are actually there with our worries at that time, with our things that we thought we had under control, with all the thoughts we had at that point, with no idea what the future was going to be that we now know. But we're joined, uh, joined with ourselves in a you know, strange way, but quite a powerful way too. So when we're singing with our, our recordings, when we're worshiping, and when we share bread as we're going to be doing, and in our, our following, in our attempt to follow Jesus, we're given a way of becoming bound to a great community of faith, but we're also being bound in ourselves with our past, with our present, with our future, with what we've been, what we are, and what we are yet to be. Therefore, as we prepare, prepare for the breaking of the bread, with angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven, we praise and magnify your glorious name, ever praising you and singing. Blessed are you, holy God, creator of all things. Blessed are you, creator God, who supplies our needs. 
we offer you our thanks for food that nourishes us. We offer thanks for water and wine to refresh us. As we share this food and drink this drink, help us to remember those who have gone before us and who will come after us. The mystery and the mercy of God revealed in Christ and symbolised in bread and wine. Holy and blessed God, accept our gratitude in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. So I do invite you to take whatever you have chosen to eat and to think just briefly for a moment, why did I choose this? I actually used a bit of leftover pastry from my strawberry flans. I couldn't really use a strawberry flank for communion. That would just be too bizarre. And if you are in a room with somebody else, when we break the bread, why don't you serve it to each other? You may have been doing that for weeks and weeks and I haven't noticed, but if you haven't, and you're able to, to actually physically share whatever it is you've chosen to eat. But Jesus took bread and having given thanks, he broke it and he shared it. And those who are his friends ate it. And then again, I invite you to take whatever you've chosen to drink. think why did I choose this? Why did I choose this cup or this glass? Was it because it was what was convenient and that's perfectly valid reason? Or was it because it had something significant about it? Because like Jesus friends we recognize that something significant is happening in the sharing that we participate in. So let's drink and be grateful.
remembering God is with us. In our communing, God is with us. In our anticipating, God is with us. Blessed be God forever. Amen. Jesus Christ, our living Lord, we believe you keep your word. Whatever may befall us, stretch or stall us, we'll trust your voice to call us. Jesus Christus, Mesterünk, mindig érted légy In our gathering and in our scattering, may God be with us. In our worshipping and in our working, may God encourage us. In our living and our loving, may God enfold us, now and always. Amen. <laughs>